Greeting, beloved. The Bible tells us that my people perish because of lack of knowledge. Did you know that leaders are a gift of God to you? Whatever sphere of leadership they are in, they may be the leaders in your family, they may be the leaders in your job, they may be the leaders in your department, they may be the leaders in your school, your lecturers, the leaders of your class. Whatever form of leadership that you find yourself under or governed by, the Bible tells us in the book of Romans that no leadership comes except from God. Listen to the importance of praying for your leaders and become what God planned for you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Most of the time we fail because we do not recognize certain things. You know, there are certain things that God has placed around us. There are certain things that God has given us. For example, the timing of God. The Bible says, in God's time, He makes all things beautiful. That is, in His time, all things are beautiful. There are people that God has placed around us. There are people who work with us and for us that God has placed there. But you see, most of the time we don't see their value and what they bring into our lives. And how sad that this might be one of the reasons that some are failing even today. Praise God. The Bible says in the book of James, James chapter 1 verse 17, the Bible says, Every good and perfect thing comes from God, comes from above, you see. Today we're going to talk about praying for your leaders. Remember, every good and perfect thing comes from above. If God has given you a leader, if God has placed you under someone, it is because they have a purpose, they have a reason in your life. You see, there's some value they bring into your life. And the sooner you recognize it, the better for you, you see. Understand that leaders are a gift from God to you. They're not there to lord over you. They're not there to push you for no reason and give you instructions for nothing. At least, not godly ones. But if God has given them to you, that should tell you that they are a gift unto you. Praise God. Let us look at something very quickly. If you go to the book of 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 2. If you read from the first verse. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Reading from the first verse, you go on to the second. The Bible says, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Verse 2. Pray this way for kings and all those in authority, 
that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. He says, pray this way for those who are in authority. He says, all those who are in authority. That means not only the president of the nation, not only the governors and senators and all these guys, but all those who are in authority. Some of these people are in authority where you work. This is your boss, the chief administrator of the the company. You know, the head of the department in which you work says, pray for those who are in authority that we may live. If we pray for them, we will live peaceful lives. The reason is there are some things that God has told them to do. Praise God. The same thing is restated in the book of Romans. If you go on to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 13, if we start from verse 1, the first verse, the Bible says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority or this authority is rebelling against God. See that? He's rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Verse 3, For rulers hold no terror for those who are doing right. But for those who do wrong, they're in trouble with the leaders. Do you want to be free from fear of the, the one in authority? Then do what is right and you will be commended. Now note verse 4 and 5. Listen to what he says in verse 4 and 5. He says, For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. He says the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. That means they don't punish for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoers. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of consciousness. Praise God. So you see that leaders are there for your good. They are servants of God, the Bible says. And how do they serve God? By making you become what God wanted you to become. You see, God brings you to them raw, in a raw form, you know. He brings you to them in a raw, material manner. You have no training, you have no instruction, you have no um, um, qualifications for the job, if so to speak. Then he gives them the responsibility of making you become the piece he will later use. That's why he puts you under them to learn. He puts you under them to grow, to become what he has planned for you. Praise God. If we read in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 11. We're going to read all the way to 12. The Bible says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service 
so that the body of Christ may be built up. You see that? He says to equip the people for works of service, Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. See, their job is equipping you for work of service. They're there for you. And the same thing with all those who are in authority in those spheres of life you may be. Praise God. The more established your leaders are, the better for you because they will be able to do their job correctly. But you see, the less established your leaders are, the less they can do that job. This is why some families are suffering because they're not praying for the person on top. They're not praying for the heads of the family. You see, they may be praying for themselves. They're praying for the rest of the family, but not the one who's making the decisions. And this is why there is trouble. Many students don't pray for their lecturers. And this is why there's trouble. Many, inter- you know, the, the, the leaders in between don't pray for those on top. They pray for themselves and they pray for those under. But you see, the problem is the top guys. The top guys are the issue. Praise God. If we look at the leader by excellence, Jesus Christ, the leader of leaders, you see. In the book of Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. Jesus told his disciples, says, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That means my job is to get you to attract the right people, to show you how to get to attract the right people, to make you a fisher of men. Wherever you go, you will have influence. You will have authority. You will know how to get your crowd that God had planned for you and to do the things that God has planned for you. See, he was telling them, God's plan for them was to make them fishers of men. But they had to follow him, to learn how to do it, to learn how it's done. Praise God. Let us see what happens when we pray for leaders and what happens when we don't pray for the leaders God has placed in our lives. Now this leadership may be the team leader of your athletic team if you're in athletics if you're in sports you know it may be your coach it may be the supervisor of the team it may be whoever it is that is in authority the bible says we should pray for them we should make sure that they are well established the better they are established the better it is for us hallelujah the better it is for you Let us look at the illustration of Solomon. Now, we all know the story. Solomon was a great king. The Bible says he was blessed. God gave him so much wealth, so much wealth, that in his lifetime there was no king as wealthy as he was. You see. But then, let us notice something about his wealth. If you go to 2nd, Chronicles, Second Chronicles, chapter 1, verse 15. The Bible says, 
The king made silver and gold as common in Jerusalem as stones, and cedar as plentiful as the sycamore fig tree in the foothills. You see, one of the things that you have to notice here is that the wealth, the wealth that God gave the king was not only for his house and for himself, you see. That wealth went on throughout the city. The Bible says Jerusalem, in Jerusalem, because that's where the king was living. There was so much gold and silver that it was as common as stones there, you know. That's how much gold was circulating in Jerusalem. Because you see, when the king was blessed, he would go out to buy things. And when he would buy things, that means revenue for merchants. The more he was blessed, the more he bought, which means revenue for merchants. Assuming he had 10,000 houses, that means the real estate sector was, you know, experiencing what Christians would call a breakthrough, a revival, you know, because the sellers of those houses made income. They built the houses, then the king bought them for them, you know. Bankers, the transactions were going through the banks, you know, and all sorts of financial institutions that were there in those days. I mean, they experienced great blessing. Why? The king was blessed. The leader of the nation was blessed, you see. The same thing is said in the book of Kings. You could check it for yourself. 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 27. The Bible says the same thing. The king made gold and silver as common as stones in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. But now you see, they didn't pray for their king. They didn't pray for the one on Hallelujah. Second Chronicles chapter 11. We start reading from verse 14 all the way to 17. And this is where you see when you don't pray for those on top, when they are affected, the whole chain is affected. There's a verse that says, Strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. Now, the people lost when Solomon lost. The Bible says when Solomon began to behave badly, the Lord promised to destroy and tear the kingdom away from his hands. To tear the kingdom away. Now remember, Solomon was a king. He was rich, he was wealthy, but he said he will take the kingdom away from his hands. He will tear the kingdom. And the Bible says he tore the kingdom in two parts and gave two tribes to his son, Rehoboam, and the rest of them were taken by a man called Jeroboam, who was his slave servant. Let us start from verse 13. The Bible says, The priests and the Levites from all districts throughout Israel sided with him. And that is Rehoboam. Verse 14, The Levites even abandoned their pasture lands and property and came to Judah and Jerusalem. You see what they had to abandon? Their pasture lands and property and came to Judah and Jerusalem. Because Jeroboam 
and his sons had rejected them as priests of the Lord. You see? Verse 15. When he appointed his own priests for the high places and for the goat and calf idols he had made. So now, even those who are believing in God are affected now. And look, look what happens. Verse 16. Those from every tribe of Israel who set their hearts to seek the Lord, the God of Israel, followed the Levites to Jerusalem to offer sacrifice to the Lord, the God of their ancestors. You see? So they left their homes because on the other side, this new king came in and brought idols. You know? The Bible says clearly, he made goat and calf idols and even put priests to teach people how to worship <laughs> these goats and calf idols, you see. And the Bible says, those from every tribe of Israel who set their hearts on seeking the Lord, the God of Israel, followed the Levites to Jerusalem. You see, they left their places. The Bible says they strengthened the kingdom of Judah. That means they stayed in Judah and supported Rehoboam, son of Solomon, three years, following the ways of David and Solomon during this time. Praise God. Had they prayed for this man, had they prayed for their king, probably this wouldn't have happened. You see, let us analyze the situation. Who lost here? The king was rich. As a matter of fact, by this time, the king had already died. His family was rich. It was a royal family. They had enough money, but who were paying the price? The people. The people were the ones paying the price. Praise God. That's why we should pray for our leaders. Because there are things that God has told them to do for us. The Bible says, At his peak, Solomon made gold and silver as common as stones in Jerusalem. For Jerusalem. That means anybody who stayed in Jerusalem was blessed. Oh, they were blessed. They were blessed. Business was good, you know. If they had gold from Jerusalem... And in those days, gold was very, very valuable. The extremely more valuable than it is actually today. So if they had gold, they would go to other countries and trade. And gold was, like we, we know, um, a very researched commodity, you see. They didn't pray for their leaders, and they lost. Let us look at another example. But this time of people who understood and prayed for their leader. Exodus chapter 17. Exodus chapter 17, starting from verse 8. Now here, the Bible says, The Amalekites came and attacked Israel at Rephidim. They attacked Israel at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Now, Moses didn't go to the battle, but he said, I'll be doing something for you guys as you're going to pray, as you're going to, to the battle. He says, I'll be praying. Verse 10. So Joshua fought the Amalekite as Moses had ordered. 
And Moses and Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. Notice verse 11. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. You see? You see what I told you? Leaders, there are some things that they are called to do in your life. And as long as they are doing it correctly, you will succeed. You will prosper. Glory to God. But when they find themselves in positions where they cannot do what they are supposed to do, you will be hurt. Because there is some wisdom God has given them for you. It may not apply to themselves, but it is for you. Because they are making you become a tool in the hands of God. Hallelujah. They are making you become a tool in the hands of God, you see. Verse 12. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him and sat on it. And he sat on it. You see, they are making sure that the leader is comfortable to do what he has to do. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, glory to God, one on one side, one on the other, so that the hand, his hands remained steady till sunset. You see how long he had to hold his hands up? Now imagine he did it himself. But thank God, the people around understood, hey, we need to hold his hands. We need to hold his hands. As long as his hands are up, we are winning. Glory to God. And that's why I came to tell you today, as long as the hands of your leader, whom or under whom God has put you, are up, you will be winning. You see, the problem here, if the Amalekites won, they would have destroyed not only the Israelites, but Moses' family, Aaron's family, and Hur's family. So, by helping Moses do what he should do, they just saved themselves and their families. The Bible says, verse 13, So Joshua overcame the Amalekites with the sword. You see? What kind of a person are you to your leaders? Do you support and pray for your leaders? Look at what they did. They held his hands. They made sure that the hands of their leaders are up because they knew if he wins, we win. As long as we hold his hands high, up, we win. Some of you God has called you for this. Has placed you as number two, number three, around this person to hold their hands up. For as long as their hands are up, you win. Praise God. But do you pray for them? You see, a king is responsible for his people, for his subjects. His work is the people. His work is not his family. Right? is not to make his family rich or to make uh, himself rich. His work is governing the land to make sure that there is security in the land, there is peace in the land. The same thing as a president, you know. And as long as that man is stable and he has a sound mind, 
the land is blessed because he will be able to do his work. He'll be able to do his job. A leader is responsible of his followers. A leader doesn't make himself. He makes his followers. That's the reason they are following him. When a leader begins to make himself, he's lost way. He's lost way. His responsibility is his followers. Praise God. His responsibility is his followers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So remember, they win, we win. They lose, we lose. Amen. Let us see again Jesus, the leader by excellence. Now you see something happened to him and had his people been a bit more careful, you know, it wouldn't have been the way it was. Things wouldn't have gone the way they went. Matthew 26, Matthew 26 from verse 38. From verse 38. Now here the Bible tells us that he went to the garden of Gethsemane to pray. Listen to what he told his people. He said, then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. You see, there was something that he was going through. And he shared it with his members, the leaders, the the followers. He shared it. He said, I'm in trouble. There's something that I'm going through. Pray with me. What do you do when your leaders are expressing to you that they are going through hardship? You see, some of you, you see what mom is going through. You see what dad is going through and you're not praying. You see what the lecturer is going through and you're not praying. You see what your boss is going through. They have expressed this to you. They have told you, hey, you know, there's this situation that I'm going through. There's a deadline that I need to meet. They're telling you that so that you may participate. You may participate. See, the Bible tells us that we have been made participators in the divine nature we can call things into being by the power of the holy spirit in jesus name you see and so when they're telling you this thing when the lord is letting you see these things it's not for you to criticize and show the weakness and all the wrong things that they're doing no jesus told them my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death So stay here and keep watch with me. Verse 39 tells us, going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it be possible, may this cup be taken away from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Look at verse 40. The Bible says, Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. He found them sleeping. Couldn't you watch? Couldn't you men keep watch with me for an hour? He asked Peter. Then he told them, verse 41, Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. See, he told them, Hey guys, I'm in trouble here. Pray for me. Can't you guys pray with me? 
And anyway, you ought to be praying because my trouble is your trouble. Just pray for me. But you know, it's interesting to to see that many followers many followers don't take this into account because they always think oh well you know he's always made things happen he'll, he'll get it done you know well, i mean he's a miracle worker you know he, he gets things done all the time you know we don't have to worry about it too much yet jesus told them watch and pray with me because verse 42 says he went away a second time and prayed my father if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless i drink it but you will be done 43 when he came back if <laughs> he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy so he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time saying the same thing you see this is where now you find the leader is not willing to share information anymore because He's trying to tell you, he's trying to get your attention, but you're not willing to listen. You're focusing on the wrong things. What has not happened by now? You know by now this place should be paid. You know by now this is what should be happening. How come he's the leader and he keeps coming late? How come? How come? And Jesus was trying to show them that guys, there's something wrong happening to me. There's something that is stopping me from making you guys become pray with me pray for me he jesus presented them a prayer request he told them guys there's trouble help me pray jesus was always praying for others but this time he told them clearly guys help me pray help me pray my spirit is not well help me pray but you see they slept and he woke them up a second time and told them guys watch this is serious but they went back and slept again so the second time he left them which you see until it was too late verse 45 says then he returned to the disciples and said to them are you still sleeping and resting look the hours come and the son of man is delivered into the hands of sinners rise up let's go here comes my betrayer oh He told them guys pray before something happens but you see they they didn't they didn't and now he told them well let's just go it's too late anyway let's just go the betrayer is already here even if you prayed now it's it's too late let's just go you know your leaders face troubles because of you One of the reasons why the devil is attacking mom or dad or your boss, making them mean towards you, making them, you know, somehow not able to do what they should do for you or with you. It's because when you become many people will be saved through you. You know? Dad's not paying school fees. All of a sudden, why? The devil is trying to keep you from becoming that educated banker or lawyer or whoever it is that you're going to become. You see? Why? When you become the full product, the Bible says God has made us masterpieces. We are recreated in Christ as masterpieces. The day you become the full thing God was thinking, the world will give glory to God. 
They'll thank God that you are finally here because you remember you're an answer. And that's why to stop those answers from being strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. Believer pray for those in authority over you. Not only the president, in as much as we should pray for the presidents of our nations, in as much as we should pray for the governments of our nations, because anyway, whatever decisions they make will affect us. You see, they're in the government. They are well. They are rich. They are protected. It is us, the people, who need more from their position, more from the level God has placed them, the authority God has given them, is supposed to serve us. But if we don't pray for them to do what they need to do, if we don't pray for their stability, we are the ones who will be affected. Praise God. You are in ministry. Do you pray for the leader upstairs? Do you pray for the bishop? Do you pray for your pastor? Do you pray for your cell leader? Do you pray for your department leader? You are working a job. Do you pray for your boss? Do you pray for your employer? Do you pray for the leaders of those departments? Do you pray for them? Because remember, if they are affected, they will affect you. If the boss yells at your team leader or department leader and, you know, lambasts him and, you know, just tells him nasty things, chances are very high He will come and empty himself on you. Therefore, it is to your advantage to pray for him, that God may give him a strong heart, that God may give him favor with the guys upstairs, so that he may bring along that favor towards you. Hallelujah. And so you see, the Bible says, Jesus told them anyway, just rise up, it's too late. Let's, let's go, let's go. Don't wait until it's too late. That's why you are listening to this message now. Glory to God. God doesn't want it to be too late. That's why he's giving you the message now. Young man, young woman, wake up and pray for those in authority over you. Remember, Romans has already told us that there is no authority except that which comes from God. So if somehow they find themselves in a position of authority over you, you may be smarter than them, you may be more gifted than them, you may be whatever you feel and you know and you want to be more than them, but if they are over you as authority, pray for them. A time will come when you will become the tool in God's hands and God will use you to do what you need to do. But as of now, you are under those authorities. Pray for them. For whatever decisions they make, you will be affected. And if you lose them, there are so many things that you will lose. Praise God. If the employer is struck and there's financial debt, well, the company will close down. Of course, he will lose some money, but he will not lose as much as you will lose. Because you see, all these years, right, he's probably stored up some cash for himself. But the salaries, the people who get salaries on a monthly basis are the ones who will pay the price more. That's probably you. Praise God. If the captain of the team is weak and making wrong decisions about the team, 
you who is in the team will be affected. Praise God. How it is important for you as a child of God to understand these concepts now. Don't fight your leaders. Pray for them. Remember authorities from God. Pray for them. Don't fight them. Praise God. Let us look at another illustration of where people understood this. Well, they first got it out of pain, but they understood it anyway. Acts chapter 12. Book of Acts chapter 12. Let's start from verse 1. Hallelujah. The Bible says, It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. James, this is the same James who performed miracles. See, the Bible says King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church. The church didn't pray, apparently, because they thought, well, James will do a miracle. You know, something will happen. I mean, come on, he's James. They just made the, the lame man walk. The man had been lame all his life. They, you know, and mighty are the miracles that he had been doing. So they thought, well, it's fine. He'll be fine. But verse 2 tells us, James, the brother of John, was put to death by the sword. You see, the Bible tells us, if two of you agree concerning anything, In the name of the Lord Jesus, you call upon him and ask him, it says it will be granted unto you. If they called to God for the life of James, Father, in the name of Jesus, we are praying, let not James be harmed. Probably, James wouldn't have been harmed. You know? But they didn't pray. But you see, they learned from their mistake. Verse 3 says, When he saw, now this is Herod, when he saw that this was met with approval among the Jews, right? The killing of James was met with approval among the Jews. He proceeded to seize Peter also. So he arrested Peter. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. That means 16 in total. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after Passover. Look at verse 5. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying for him to God. Earnestly praying. Earnest. Earnestly. That means they prayed heartfelt, continued prayer. Oh God. Peter must not die. We pray unto you. You are the God who can do all things. To us, we don't know how it will work, but you are God. And they prayed earnestly, earnestly. And verse 6 begins with a miracle. It says, that night, that night before he was brought to trial, the miracle began. You see? But why? They prayed earnestly for the leader They prayed for him. And thank God Peter was out. Because you see, if you read on to the book of Acts, you'll find out that Peter is one of the people 
who validated the ministry of Paul to the rest of the believers. Paul himself talks about it in Ephesians. He says he went on to meet with Paul. He went on to meet with Peter and he told them that this is what the Lord has told him to preach and so they allowed him to meet and 13 years later they met again. Had Peter not been there to validate Paul, chances are we wouldn't have Paul and all his writings as we have them today and accepted by the whole church, you see. But thank God Peter didn't die. Thank God Peter didn't die. And he validated. Peter himself later on said, The things that our brother Paul is writing as God has given him wisdom are hard to understand, but they are the truth. And ignorant people twist it. He says he writes like this in all his letters. Peter was reading letters of Paul. He was reading Paul's letters. But imagine the church didn't pray. Paul, Peter would have been dead. And there are so many things that Peter did for the Christians in Jerusalem. Praise God. You see, it is important for you to understand that you need to pray for your leaders. There is responsibility that God has given them for you. Not for themselves, for you. God has given them responsibility for you. And if you'd pray for them, if you'd pray for them, oh, what blessings, what blessings. Because their job is to make you become. Their job is to make you become. Not fight with you, but make you become. Hallelujah. Make up your mind today. Pray for those in authority. The Bible says, all those in authority that we may live good and peaceful lives. Pray for them. Pray for your leaders. Glory to God. listening to this podcast and you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'd like to give you this opportunity. The Bible says that who can overcome the world? Only him who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. I'd like you to pray with me that you may be part of this family. I want you to say, Heavenly Father, I recognize that I'm a sinner. But I thank you that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. I repent of my sins today. And I receive you, Jesus Christ, as my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I'm now born again in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, believer, if you pray that prayer with us, according to the Bible, you are born again. That means in John chapter 1, verse 12, you have received the right to become a child of God. Now that you're a child of God, we'd encourage you to get a Bible and read more about the one whom you have believed in, who is Jesus Christ. And we'd encourage you also to be part of um, a Bible-based church, a church that believes in the Bible and preaches the Bible. If you can find a church around you or near you, you may follow us through the link below. 
Thank you and God bless you.